Hypothetically, if you had to have a job where you were indentured to the government, would going around the country f***ing a bunch of ladies be like just the ideal job or what? <laughs> like, is that not? Uh, uh, Bad news, you uh, have to join the army. Good news, we want you to impregnate all the women. I mean, I can't think of a better military position. Neither can I. Um, because if your job is really to just cr- as many ladies oh. as you can find, <laughs> that's not really that bad a job. If you have to fight through an army of frog people to leave those, it's maybe a little bit different. But you can also sleep with some of the frog people. Does that improve this for you or no? Apparently not for the main character of ours because we did not get, unfortunately, any frog on human sex. But, uh, you know. That's true. He did walk away. Welcome to Bad Movies and Beer. I'm Cooper. I'm Nolan. And inexplicably, the scenario we are just describing to you is the plot of the movie that we are talking about today. It's Hell Comes to Frogtown. <laughs> this is just Uh, ridiculous oh man the premise of this movie is just so enjoyable to me i know that this episode is going to be a good time there's something about the weird post-apocalyptic fantasy kind of things that really appeal to me and i'm excited to talk about this one today well god you certainly get that in this movie and uh this another fine Fine blooter release from the folks at Vinegar Syndrome. That company just keeps producing magnificent content. Not producing, but like they rescue it from the scrap heap of history and bring it to all of us via the fantastic form of physical media. So thank you again, Vinegar Syndrome. You just keep fueling us, and I love you for it. Are they publicly traded yet? Because if they are, I'm going to start looking to invest because the people at Vinegar Syndrome... I I knew nothing about any of this before our podcast, and it's definitely one of the names. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome, along with Dino De Laurentiis, those two. (laughs) Those are your big two? (laughs) Those are the big two for me Don't forget the Canon group. Yes, okay. Can't can't let Canon Films down. So the three of them are sort of the stars right now. It's our holy trinity. Yeah, I love it. And we've got Hell Comes to Frogtown today. The inexplicable Rowdy Roddy Piper starring movie. (laughs) (laughs) What a great film. Um, I think it's really interesting to see how some of those WWE stars, or at the time, I guess, WWF stars of the 1980s were put into feature films. It makes sense because they were so popular with teenagers and young men of the time, I think, uh, for them to be there. I think probably Hogan and Piper were in a lot of films. Those two and Jesse the Body Ventura, who we've already seen in a couple, we talked about him in Predator, and we saw him in Batman and Robin, a little cameo there, but he's been in a few things. But yeah, you know, it makes sense. Like Piper, always a talker, very charismatic guy. And I mean, you must have seen They Live. No. Oh my God. The John Carpenter movie uh, starring Rowdy Piper. This is his like cinematic masterpiece for sure. Piper's, not Carpenter's. Uh, <laughs> just an absolute classic. And like, we could, you know what? It's so beloved, but I feel like we could watch it on this podcast because it's just so fucking weird. Like, it's a cult masterpiece, but for mainstream, I don't think it got a lot of steam. Is it maybe a bonus episode here? I'm, I'm excited, or we just watch it for fun? I'm down, though, for sure. Uh, seeing more movies with Ruddy Ruddy Piper as the starring role seems like a good thing for Batman. After this one? You think it's- yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it seems like a good idea for sure. Well, we should definitely dive into this. Before we do, we have to, of course, talk about the beer that we are drinking today. And what beer do we have to pair with this glorious movie? We've been having some layups lately. The beers we've been finding have fit perfectly. And this one... 
called Extra Hell from Sonnen Hill Breweries is a perfect connection. So uh, Sonnen Hill is a farm brewery out of Caledon, Ontario. Uh, they have a lot of space. I think it's something like 37 acres. And uh, their sort of founding principles are creating drinkable and modest alcohol content beers. So this is something right up your alley. We've been drinking a lot of IPAs, I feel, lately, which I've been enjoying. But we have. We're about to get into some uh, more approachable, a 4% beer right here. It says it's a super dry, pale beer brewed with malt and noble hops. Yes. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. It's an interesting idea. I, um, I mean, I think craft beer in general produces a lot of high alcohol beers. We were talking about some of the 10 plus percent stouts we've been drinking lately as yeah, we get man. into the fall. And it, it's cool that there are brewers out there, too, that are also focusing on lower alcohol, more approachable beverages. Into the fall or basically into the winter now. It's true. We're getting pretty close to uh, those holiday Look, you, times. You can't fucking wait to crack into this. You're just fucking ready. I'm to ready. Right I got now. it ready. Let's you ready? do it. Yeah. yeah. Little nice spray on the chin. It's on my fucking. <laughs> Had eye. a bit of that during this movie too, maybe. But <laughs> so we open as all good post-apocalyptic futures movies do, with a voiceover explaining that in the latter days of the 20th century, a difference of opinion resulted in a full-scale nuclear war. That might be putting it mildly. Yeah, 10 days worth of nuclear bombing led to basically the destruction of the Earth, and we find ourselves 10 years later. Yeah, after seeing many images of atomic bombs going off, we fade into what appears to be a shot of the Statue of Liberty, but actually it's a small statue which is picked up by a mysterious masked person. Yeah, we have this masked person, and then we have another person not wearing a mask, they very quickly insult the person in the mask and call them squid lips. Yeah, he asks squid lips what he's got there. After seeing the statue, throws it away and calls him as stupid as he is ugly. Squid lips' response to this is to pull a gun on him, which, according to this guy, is against the law. You know who doesn't care, though? Squid lips, who blows him away. The camera zooms in on his face, and just as the music builds, he ribbits. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this was a really good. This was a really nice touch. I got a really good laugh out of the ribbit. I knew this was called Hell Comes to Frogtown. I hadn't realized we were getting frog people this quickly, and I loved it. Yeah, the tone is set very early on in this one. We get a pretty cool opening credit sequence, which ends with a wanted poster for Sam Hell. That's Rowdy Roddy Piper's character. But apparently he's no longer wanted. He's been captured. <laughs> yeah, I like this credits. The music is really good. The graphics that sort of slide across the image of people and the names as they come in is is entertaining and appropriate as well. So I'm I'm liking the start here. We get Sam Hell. He's been captured, and we're right into an interrogation scene. Yeah, it, it, I think he's called, they call him Captain. He's some kind of captain doing the interrogation. And the situation here is that Rowdy Roddy Piper banged his daughter. He smashes the bottle over Rowdy Roddy Piper's head. But before he can kill him, some med tech workers, this is apparently some sort of government medical company, enter the interrogation room and tell the captain that Piper now belongs to them. Yeah, this is interesting. So this man is really angry because Piper has banged his daughter, but lucky for Piper, he has impregnated her. And you know what that means? Well, apparently, and I can't believe I'm saying this, the government needs him to go impregnate a bunch of women. They want him because <laughs> of his super high sperm count. You have the highest spermatozoan count we've ever tested. Must have been all that fiber I ate when I was a kid. 
We get the impression that conception is an issue in this dystopian future. There's a poster on the wall preaching, no condoms, the future is in your hands. <laughs> which uh, <laughs> which is hilarious because you had like a standing Whoa. round of applause oh, for that okay. one. Yeah, so, wait, yeah. hang on. What? Yeah. <laughs> wait a second. That sign came up and you were standing on your feet and clapping and saying, yeah. In addition to widespread sterility across the board, a war has wiped out over 60% of the male population, so the government needs soldiers. So get out there and start f***ing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the plot of this movie. I can't believe this is a thing. This can only happen in the 1980s at a time where there are no pervs, right? Because never, any, never, any, <laughs> any other time, this would be just unacceptable. But it, it is pretty hilarious because of his high sperm count. They're going to forgive his past transgressions. They're going to pardon him. He has to agree and sign a contract to go impregnate some women. And he also finds himself awake with a electronic chastity belt. <laughs> well, yeah, because his dick is now property of the U.S. government. They're essentially putting him out to stud here. And to help him on his way, they've assigned two hot ladies to escort him across the country. One of them, Sentinella, is a soldier who is constantly stroking her giant gun suggestively. And the other one, Spangle, looks like Judith Light from Who's the Boss? She's got the giant glasses and everything. It's Angela. This is pretty funny. So they're lining up this scenario where Roddy Roddy Piper's job is going to be to go impregnate as many fertile women as possible. And to guard him, they have a Angela-like, nerdy, sexy woman as well as our Centronella character, who is just straight soldier sexy. This looks like they're setting up a plot for a porno. I mean, it's not exactly different. And to be fair, at, at any point in this movie, I was expecting like a full-blown like orgy to break out on screen. Doesn't really happen, but I was ready for it. It would not have been surprised. <laughs> so your experience watching porno prepared you for this to potentially turn into an erotic film? I can't imagine screenwriters coming up with this plot, the idea that a man needs to impregnate as many fertile women as possible and it not being an erotic film. <laughs> yeah, I, they kind of play it more for laughs than like sexual titillation, I guess. But, you know, they do, which is kind of hilarious, right? I, I kind of struggle with what genre of film this is. I guess it is an action comedy kind of film. You perked up when she showed up on screen, Sentinella. She definitely had that traditional bombshell military feel. When you look at those pictures of women on the side of planes, they're definitely using that as their suggestion of who she is. You knew that there was going to be some kind of romantic interest between her and Roddy Piper at some point. I don't know about romantic interest, but there's definitely something that happens fairly soon, actually. So they head out and they encounter immediate resistance from a provisional government checkpoint whose guards are on cheap lawn chairs. But after a quick standoff, they're allowed to pass into mutant territory, where we quickly learn that the leader of the frog people has kidnapped many fertile human women, and they need to break them out so Roddy Roddy Piper can get them pregnant, as you said. For some reason, though, he kind of isn't interested in this job and tries to bolt at the first chance he gets. For me, it's interesting. This checkpoint is sort of creating for me this distinction in this new world, one where infertile men are angry at the women for sort of taking control. And another where women are just trying to find fertile men to sort of create a larger population. Maybe the pressure on him is too great 
but it seems like he's a philandering kind of guy, so I don't understand why he doesn't want this. Well, I have the impression that's why he was in legal trouble in the first place. He just keeps f***ing women, and the government's, like, mad at him. Yeah, I was expecting there to be a lot of sex in this as we move forward. Slightly disappointed. We can get to that later, but I thought there was going to be more, more banging for yeah, sure. Yeah, fair enough. Now, he tries to run, as I said, but there's one thing he didn't count on, and that is the fact that his government-issued chastity belt is basically like a shock collar for his <laughs> If he goes too far away, it zaps him. Yeah, and not in a good way. Uh, this is not like a gentle electric pulse going through his penis. This is a very large shock that sets him down to the ground. Oh, definitely. So basically, he's going to be attached to the hip with knockoff Judith Light until further notice. And that night, she tries to seduce him with some military-grade lingerie. <laughs> he resists at first, but then decides, ah, why not, and pulls her in for a quick roll in the sand. But she shocks him again. It turns out keeping him in a state of arousal is good for potency, but she was never actually going to bang him. <laughs> but you know who is, though? <laughs> I mean, of course, the pinup soldier lady is going to Sentinella go. is yeah. down. This whole thing is hilarious. The Angela character, as we're going to call her, because it does, every time I see <laughs> her, reminds me. Yeah, Spangle comes out and does this strip tease for him. She's wearing a fatigue bra and panty set. But it is hilarious. When she tells him that it's her job to keep him aroused because that adds to more fertility, I just laughed my ass off. It's very ridiculous, yes. And then Sentinella, our other soldier woman who's there, tries to have a sneaky sex scene with him. And we get the kind of only part of nudity in the movie when we see uh, her breasts. Oh, yeah. Sentinella strips right down. But Spangle is there for the c block, just ruining everyone's fine. She's a company woman. <laughs> yeah. She is really holding up that Angela role that we know and in, in love from uh, <laughs> who's, who's the, the boss. boss? Yeah. yeah, she just keeps shutting down the fun here. She she keeps teasing and pretending and sort of pulling Roddy Roddy along, but it's not happening. It's early here where we're like they're gonna fall in love. Like this is clear that this is gonna happen. <laughs> we know that the Piper character and the sort of they're trying to make difficult character. It's uh, that classic conflict that leads to eventual romance, right? Yeah, they're yeah. they're definitely setting that up. You know what's gonna happen. You know she's going to put be put into harm's way and he's going to come rescue her and then they're going to be madly in love for sure for sure but before that happens they approach the reservation that night the mutant reservation and he tries to renege on the deal but she tells him that he signed a contract yeah to f for freedom but i ain't meeting my maker in frog town that's not in my contract he throws that contract out the window so she kicks him out of the car which he is totally fine with but he once again forgot about the shock collar on his so we get a little bit of comedy here as he's a chase after the car. <laughs> this seems <laughs> enjoyable. Yeah, I like this. Um, I actually kind of like their fake banter between them as they're building up her being the company woman and him being the person resisting, being indentured to them to for his freedom as in his <laughs> own words right? do, like yeah. that's his own words um i mean there are much worse ways to get your freedom but he seems really resistant to this i would say as we already mentioned now despite running for what is presumably miles to catch up to the car when a motion detector goes off roddy springs into action turns out it's a fertile lady who has escaped from frog town and roddy piper is told to get ready for work this part is <laughs> fucked. I mean, fucked. I mean, the whole movie's fucked, but the premise of him having to go impregnate fertile women doesn't set in for me until we get this scene. Is it because she's not exactly on board with this? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So they chase her down. They find her. She's kind of traumatized because she's been captured by the frog people. Yet almost immediately before making her better... 
they decide to inject her with some drugs that make her good for a bone down. <laughs> Sorry, not to laugh at the idea of someone being drugged for sex, but he's kind of against this too for any number of reasons. So Dr. Spangle, is she a doctor? I don't know. It don't know does either. seem that way. Yeah. She tells us that she's been trained in seduction. Yeah, and she uses those techniques on him. But these techniques are basically her just like rubbing herself slowly. And it seems like it doesn't really do anything is it make everyone involved sad. It's really interesting because she goes to do these seductive techniques on him. She does strip down and he seems interested at first, but it all seems quite pathetic. And he almost agrees to have sex with this fertile, like random woman this is pity sex he's having. Oh, you think he feels bad for Spangle? Yes. Yeah. That's what happens here. He feels bad for Spangle who's trying she, to do her job. She's trying so hard to get him to bone some other lady. What a weird fucking thing this it's is. It's such a crazy scenario that it he is. does it. And we end that night with him and this random woman who escaped from the frogs in a sleeping bag together. And we transition to morning. But hang on, while he's having sex with that lady, he is making some deep eye contact with Spangle. <laughs> And you know who else is making deep eye contact? Oh. A frogman watching them through binoculars some distance away. Now, I couldn't tell from my vantage point whether he was holding the binoculars with two hands or one hand while he himself off. <laughs> I think it was two hands because, okay. as we learn later in the movie, frogs need more than two hands to pleasure themselves. As, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So the next morning, this girl thanks Roger Roddy Piper for nailing her and then gives them directions to Frogtown. This is where we learn the plan is for Spangle to dress up like a prisoner and have Red Roddy Piper pretend to trade her to the frog people. So basically, they're doing a return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, you're right. This whole morning is weird, right? Because at the night, the woman seemed traumatized, and when she wakes up, she is elated to have been fucked and impregnated by a random dude. Well, she's going to be a national hero. Now she's a hero, yeah. and she's so happy. They have her in a clean tracksuit out of nowhere. I don't know where this tracksuit came from. And then they transition to this Princess Leia theme. You're right. They're going to take her in. They're going to take Spangler, that is. And Rowdy's going to save all of the women who are caught up in this whole thing at Frogtown. Yeah, and as they approach Frogtown, we see that it is like a series of abandoned factories, which is actually like kind of look kind of decent for a post-apocalyptic wasteland. I think this whole thing was set in like abandoned factories, deserts, and other sort of abandoned spaces. And they did a good job of using those spaces um, for portraying a post-apocalyptic future. They didn't get into a ton of detail. Like today, we would use a lot of special effects to sort of show a more detailed landscape. But for the time, I think it was pretty well done. No, man, it just looks bombed out and like airy. It looks kind of like you would expect it to look if it was the air was abandoned for a long time. Yeah, I think they did well. We then get a kind of cantina scene. It's a bar filled with frog creatures, there's music, and even a female frog dancer. So again, this is really like Return of the Jedi. Also in the bar, Rowdy Rowdy Piper's old friend Looney Tunes, played by Rory Calhoun. And sure enough, he's standing and walking, so I could tell immediately it was Rory Calhoun. Always standing and walking. <laughs> I don't know the Rory Calhoun reference. This bar scene is funny to me, though. Um, the frog people who they find in the bar, their makeup looks a lot like the TV show Dinosaurs to me. <laughs> I felt like a lot of the makeup work looked very similar to that. And yeah, I was man. wondering if there was a connection. It wasn't good, but it also wasn't bad. Like It wasn't one that stood out to me. I wasn't like, oh my God, that was fucked. Um, but some of it looked a little bit rough. But overall, I would say I was positive on the frog makeup that they used throughout. 
For sure. And you know what? That frog dancer turns out to be their contact on the inside who they meet shortly before Rory Calhoun takes Rowdy Roddy Piper to meet the guy he can barter with. That's Leroy, a frogman inexplicably dressed like a Shriner. Yeah, I laughed my ass off this when is they, funny. they pull up Leroy. Uh, he seems to be the one in charge of the bar, and um, Roddy's trying to negotiate for some money. What he's really trying to do is just get some information so they can figure out where the girls are and try to rescue everyone. But while this negotiation is happening, who walks into the bar? Uh, it's bull is the answer to your question. But before that happens, I love the way that Leroy starts this negotiation. He tries to kind of get things going on a good note by giving Rowdy Roddy Piper beer. Apparently, most humans haven't seen beer in nearly a decade. And so he gives him a real bottle of beer and not just any beer, original Coors. <laughs> I mean... I guess this is something that we should bring up. I feel like whenever beer is introduced into a movie we're watching, we should make more of a point of talking about it because this original Coors drop in this is hilarious. He's really enjoying it until Leroy mentions that it's only slightly irradiated. But you know what? He still drinks it all down, and I would too, man. If there had been no beer for 10 years and someone passed me a bottle of Coors and they were like, it's slightly radioactive, I would take my chances. Oh, of What course. are we hanging on to at yeah, that point? Yeah, I mean, at that point, you're, you're missing that beer. You're ready to have that hops and malts and barley all of that in your mouth yeah mostly the malt though not the hops <laughs> they're closing in on a price here but suddenly there's trouble because as you mentioned another frog walks into the bar it's bull who we guess is like in charge of this particular outpost i don't know he's second in command at the outpost we learned quickly that he was the one who found the women the fertile women who have become part of the outpost captain's harem and my god this one-eyed, eye-patch-wearing frog is badass. Oh, he is. He shuts down that deal immediately. Leroy tries to object, but in what is just an incredible line delivery, Bull tells him, Shuts your hole! Dude, this is incredible. I can't believe, like, I'm blown away both by the expression and delivery and sounds produced by this Bull character it's incredible. Whoever is in this fucking like frog suit just dominates. I am so impressed by the way they make that suit come to life and the delivery and expression that comes across. Really huge props to whoever played Bull. It was an incredible character in this film. Great voice work. And actually, I'm really enjoying the frog effects also. Yeah, I felt like the Leroy and Bull and the Captain frogs were incredibly well done. The everyday frogs, the other ones who were there, were kind of mediocre. But the... The top three frogs are just fucking rocking it. Practical FX, buddy. Come on. Yeah, they did a really good job. They're actually there in the room, which is so much nicer for me than CG. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think that the people who created it put in a lot of time and it really pays off. I think it, it looks really good. There you go. Well, Bull knocks out Rowdy Roddy Piper after this. And the next time we see him, he's being nursed back to health by that dancer. And literally the second he's conscious, she tries to bang him. Like literally, like as soon as he's awake. Yeah, I called her Sexy Frog. This was the agent they kind of had inside when they panned to that bar. The first time we meet the people of Frogtown, she's dancing erotically. And instead of showing that it's frogs, they like highlight some weird pointy nipples. Were you upset that we didn't see like green boobs? <laughs> Are we throwing back to the breast thing? No dice, nothing I there. mean, this woman is trying to seduce Roddy Roddy Piper, and he is doing his best to throw her off. I'm not sure why he doesn't just succumb to her, her frog wilds and just let it happen and then move forward and help save the day. Just to see what it's like, you mean? Yeah. Why yeah. is he not going for this? She was not an unattractive frog. 
I mean, I don't know. <laughs> she's the comic relief, though. So all of this is just light comedy, but it's enjoyable. These good times get broken up, though, by his chastity belt beeping. Spangler has moved out of range, and his dick is going to explode if he doesn't find her. Yeah, they they realize very quickly that they have to go chase uh, Spangler down. She's been captured by Bull and being taken to become a part of that harem. So we have Hell and the sort of sexy frog running off to go try to get as close as possible to Spangler so he doesn't explode. What do they encounter on their way there? There's some kind of business deal happening. It's like a gun deal. And she's just there because she's chained to Bull. But while he's watching this happen, Hell like falls off a catwalk and gets captured. Why did he fall off this catwalk? <laughs> so it's weird. We have this deal going on between... Uh, the head of Frogtown, Toadie, and a what looks like a human. He's wearing a gas mask, so we don't know, but it's clear his skin isn't green. Um, and there's some kind of gun trade happening. It's inexplicable why Hell falls off the catwalk into them and very quickly gets captured, but it does happen. And then we transition to Hell being in a torture scene uh, very quickly. Yeah, we kind of jump back and forth here between him being tortured by Bull and Spangler, who is not in much better shape, as she gets dragged off and tied to a bed where all the fertile women dance around her to prepare her for a night of interspecies sex that she'll never forget. They call it the Dance of the Three Snakes, and I'm like... Are the frogs about to run on this lady? <laughs> like, that's what it sounds like, right? So, it sounds like she has to, she's going to have to fend off like You think three she's going to have to have sex with three men or yes. three, three frogs? Sorry, I shouldn't say men. It's really interesting because she's on this circular bed. There's a harem of women who are wearing like negligees and throwing scarves over her, and she is getting all hot and bothered. Yeah, she's into it. I don't know if it's the like scarves or the women or the chanting or the heat, but she looks like she's getting prepared and actually kind of excited for what's going to come. So we're going to find out what the dance of the three snakes is pretty shortly, but we're also cutting that back and forth with a dance between Bull and Hell. Yeah, Bull decides to use a chainsaw to take off Rowdy Roddy Piper's chastity belt, but fortunately the chainsaw runs out of gas. Or unfortunately, a second later, Spangler's remote control for the shock collar gets activated, and Rowdy Roddy Piper is literally yelling at him to cut it off. Cut it off! Cut it off! <laughs> this is funny. It's kind of this mix between the two scenes. I guess somehow the scarfs that were being run over Spangler's body touched her earring and started shocking hell in the penis. And so he really wanted that chainsaw to work. He was worried, though, that it would explode once it was cut off. But Well, at- Piper was. Bull calls bullshit on that, right? Like, they told him that it would, if he tried to take it off, it would explode and blow his c- off. Bull is like, no chance. They would never rig a fertile man to explode. For a second, it appears that Bull's absolutely right, and it was a lie, and then it blows up in Bull's face. Yeah, Bull's not really taken out, though. He's not dead, but it is funny to see this whole scene. So the good news for Hell is he's got that fucking chastity belt off. The bad news for Spangler is she's all hot and bothered, but she's about to be brought in front of a fucking frog captain here. She sure is. She's about to dance for Toady, the leader of the frogmen. Apparently, the dance of the three snakes is actually just a dance. Uh, Not one that she knows, but she fakes it pretty well by just rocking back and forth and, like, waving her arms around. And uh, this does the trick because under Toady's cloak, we see the unmistakable movement of three frog dongs. (laughs) 
Speaking so, of practical effects, come yeah, on. Yeah, practical effects. So the dance itself is hilarious. She starts out not kind of knowing how to dance. This does sort of start getting the motor running for our toady frog captain. He starts making frog moans, and then you're right. <laughs> he does. We get this shot of his crotch raising, but not one sort of arm raises up from underneath his clothing. We get three penises popping up, and he lifts that up to show... Our lady friend. Yeah, they're moving around like those things and those like, you know, those like massage belts where you can like hold them and it will like massage your back and you can see the three like orbs like moving underneath it. It's like that, but it's three yeah. yeah, so so the apparently the dance of the three snakes is what we thought. It is three penises, but instead Well, it's not of what it, I thought. I thought it was gonna be three frogs, just <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, so he shows his three frog penises and she does not seem down with that. Despite being like prepared and ready to accept it and not likely to die, she's not down. What happens? Well, luckily for her, while that thing exploded in Bull's face, it gave the frog dancer time to free Rowdy Roddy Piper. He busts in at just the right moment shortly after Toadie had basically said it's go time. She does her good job of fending him off herself by punching him in all three of his d- <laughs> <laughs> But then... <laughs> But then Piper busts in and delivers what is sadly a pretty weak action hero line. Eat lead, froggies. All of this happens pretty fast. Both the saving of hell uh, by the sexy frog lady who goes down, the killing of Bull who goes down really quickly, and the triple punch of the toady all happens really quickly. But in the end, we see Hell pull Spangler out of there before she has to endure a frog penis in each of her orifices. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Bull gets her out of there, huh? Yeah, earlier we saw Rory Calhoun fire off a flare to signal Sentinella to bring the car. She pulls up with it for the getaway, and it's time for all of them to make their escape. Rory Calhoun shoots some more flares at the frogs to buy some time, and they jump into the car and take off. But unfortunately, on their way out, Rory Calhoun gets clipped by one of the frogs and ends up dying in the car. And I have to say, he's kind of the MVP of this whole escape, and he wasn't even supposed to be there. Like, thank goodness he was there. They never would have made it out. What a lucky break for them. This plan was terrible. It's insane that they get so lucky and find a friend of Hell's in the bar and that that guy comes up as MVP of the escape. It is pretty hilarious that they're able to rescue all of the fertile women and Spangler and get them back to their strangely pink armored vehicle. <laughs> yeah, it's like a muffin delivery truck. It's a, it's a hilarious old timey like ice cream vehicle. It's pretty funny. So now we've got a Mad Max style car chase. Well, actually, it's more like the Dungeon Master car chase. <laughs> it's not good. It's very low budget. It does feel inspired by Mad Max, though. I like that you brought that up. This whole movie reminds me a lot of Mad Max. I feel like someone decided to make a porno version of Mad Max, but no one would agree to fuck in it. And so they, they ended up with this. They were like, come on, Rowdy. We got you. We're going to make a porn version. But everyone was like, let's just keep it PG. Well, they do keep it a little PG. It seems like they're about to make it out unscathed when suddenly that person in a gas mask forces them off the road and captures them. He is very mysterious. 
for about 30 seconds. Then he takes off the mask, and we see that it's that captain from the interrogation scene from the beginning of the movie. Oh, shit. It's the guy that Hell had impregnated his daughter. He's back. He had tried to bring down this government and all of the women led. This guy is so misogynist. You can't write a more misogynist character, I don't think. He is so mad at all the women. This used to be a man's world. And so his plan is he's going to set off another atomic bomb and wipe the slate clean. Now, luckily for all of us, Rowdy Roddy Piper silences him by throwing a katana sword faster than the speed of light <laughs> right through his chest. <laughs> this this edit, this cut is unbelievable. <laughs> oh my goodness. So there's some build well, up. Hold on, to hold this. on, hold on. The the sword goes through his chest and then he falls off a cliff because he was standing on the edge of a cliff. Oh my god, there's some build up to this. So for the very first time on their way in the escape, we see a katana sword behind him in the vehicle. And I straight up ask you while watching, I was like, where the fuck did that katana come from? Yeah, he just had it all of a sudden. I don't know. Yeah, he just had it. And then while they're in this standoff with the guy, he's sort of trying to whisper to one of the indentured women to pass it to him. And as soon as she pulls it off his back, she brings it up maybe a half an inch. He grabs it and like... Just throws it so quickly in his through chest. his chest. Like yeah. as soon as he touches it, it's Immediately. in the guy's chest. It's a There's laser no beam to his chest straight through the evil guy's chest. The guy falls off the cliff and we're like, okay, movie over. Well, I mean, the sword went right through his fucking heart and he fell off a cliff and he's clearly dead. But when they go to look for the body, turns out he's not dead. Uh, we can tell because the sword is lying there and there's a trail of red paint leading off towards a canyon. Oh, the paint is egregious. Like, this movie has been enjoyable um, in terms of special effects. It doesn't stand up to today's standard. No, they're not good. But it has been good comparatively. The paint effects are brutal. That is not the color of blood. No, it's no. not even close. On all of the ground and the walls, you're like, that's clearly paint and not blood. I was upset. Rowdy Roddy Piper goes to chase him down and immediately finds his body laying in the dirt, but like just gently kicks it a couple of times instead of, I don't know, rolling it over or like shooting him in the head to make sure he's dead, uh, which he's not. He perks up and is about to bazooka Rowdy Roddy Piper, but right then his boot makes a sound and Piper is able to spin around and shoot him dead for real this time. <laughs> this scene's bullshit. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, but that guy's dead. No time to celebrate though. As a sudden explosion tells Rowdy Rowdy Piper there's trouble back by the car. He rushes over there to find it destroyed and no sign of the women. Toady is there, though, and now it's time for the final showdown. Yeah, we got the big bad froggy versus fucking Rowdy Rowdy Piper. This thing is like a five-minute long fight scene. It's ridiculous. It's pretty amazing. I love that they fight their way on top of a cliff and they're punching each other. Every time Rowdy gets hit, there's so much blood that's produced. It's like him in the wrestling ring. He pulled out a razor blade and cut his forehead, right? Like, this is how it's going right now in the fight. It's not actually he's that hurt, but he's bleeding everywhere. It's just ridiculous. If you haven't seen the movie, just picture Rowdy Rowdy Piper fighting a giant rubber frog all over a <laughs> desert landscape. And, like, in true Rowdy Rowdy Piper form, this ends with him doing the Three Stooges eye poke to the frog and then pushing him off a cliff. Now... Toadie manages to hang on and is trying to pull Rowdy Rowdy Piper down with him, but Piper chops off his hand with the katana, which then sends him falling down to the ground, only his hand is still on his body. Like, that seems like the kind of continuity error that could have been easily avoided. This was definitely a mis-edit. 
Oh um, my God, it's the biggest one. It was he a, literally chops his hand off, which is why he falls. When he's falling, he has hands. Come on. It's egregious. It's something that would have been like commonplace in um, our fucking movie with Bruce Lee. Like this is an edit that would have- Game of death? Yeah, this yeah. is a game of death edit if I've ever seen one. But yeah, it, this part is kind of anticlimactic because they had so much buildup and it's this fight on the mountain. And then the fact that he chops his hand and then he falls off with a hand still attached is pretty lame. Anyway, that's over now. So he returns to the car to mourn the loss of the woman who he seems to be in love with. False alarm, though, because it turns out they were just around the corner the whole time. What the fuck? Like, they just <laughs> they, come out from behind a thing being like, we're here, we're alive. Like, they, were, they were hiding in the cliffs. They knew that they shouldn't be involved in that combat. Although Spangler and the other woman had been, like, very aggressive and quite Sentinella? effective. Sentinella? Fuck yeah, she's dying to shoot somebody. Yeah, they've been, they've been very effective previously in the movie. So it is funny that they went and hide. But also didn't step out and be like, hey, we're still alive when he was examining the car earlier? Like, come on. They knew he needed the motivation to fuck up that fucking Toadie character. Well, he did it. Yeah. Now that they're all alive in the same place, though, we get a big kiss between Rowdy Roddy Piper and Spangler and a nice little exchange where she tells him... Stop. Why? You would have saved yourself for fertiles. I have enough. Because he's apparently flush with semen. I mean, when you're wearing a metal set of underwear that don't let you... Like there, it's holding it all in there. That guy's that guy's got blue balls for days. He's ready to come in. So he's many passing. Ability. He's got all these options. He's passing on them. I mean, he should have banged that frog woman for sure. I agree. But um, he's got all these fertile women to fill up with his semen, and then he's got a little bit left for Spangler when he's done. Either way, she wants to cool him down, so she tries to shock him with her remote control. But no dice because the thing's been cut off, right? So apparently, we're ending things on a romantic note because he didn't run when he could have. Except, as I mentioned earlier, Spangler, nothing if not a company woman. So she tells him that before they can get together, he's got to f*** all those fertile women. He kind of so, gives her an eyebrow and he's like, really? I would like to be with you. But then he's like, wait a minute. Let me think about this. Have sex with five other women and then you, I'm in. Yeah, I guess they don't get a happy ending until he gives one to everyone else. That's exactly what <laughs> That's it is. What everyone it is. gets a happy ending in this movie. What a post-apocalyptic script. It couldn't be more porno for me. Well, and our last line in the movie is, I guess it's true what they say, a soldier's work is never done as they drive off into the sunset and we hit the credits. That's pretty good. Come on. Yeah, I mean, they're throwing down that he has to bang every fertile woman around. And uh, if you're trying to repopulate the earth, I guess that is what would happen. If you're Rowdy Roddy Piper and your agent brings you this script, how fast do you say yes to it? Oh, immediately. Yeah. I mean, the only thing you might think is, are they expecting me to do full frontal? Because it sounds like it. And you I think, want him to hang Don? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Based on. on based on the script, not based on how this movie turned out, but based on the things that happened in the movie, you would assume there would be Dong hang. Um, and, there was, <laughs> and there wasn't. Um, so that would be Roddy's There was only. barely booze, man. One lady showed her cans. Very little nudity. I feel like that. I can only assume this is going to really negatively affect your ratings later. Is there a porno of this? Hell on Frogtown? Yeah. <laughs> I hope there is. Uh, you should Google it later. I don't want it on my search history. But <laughs> I would like you to find out if this was really a, an internet thing. All right, we'll report back to you on that one. Thank you. Um, and yeah, that's it, man. We're in the credits. And this whole thing, for me, this just flew by. I got to be honest. 90 minutes, like exactly 90 minutes, and we're out the door. Good stuff. Yeah. This did not take a lot of time. This movie was, I use the word too often, but 
It was ridiculous. It is exactly the epitome of that word, right? It, it, you couldn't conceive of this script and not think it was anything but an erotic film, and it wasn't. It was a fun 80s sort of action-slash-comedy movie. Yeah, and uh, it sounds like we should just transition here to our ratings because here we are talking about how much we enjoyed it. So uh, we'll rate the movie now. We always do this the same way. A scale of 1 to 10 two times. Once for how bad it is, once for how enjoyable it is. And the goal is to find movies that are 10 or 10 on both scales, or as we call it, the Crit 20. 20. And I have to be honest, for me, it is in play this week because I believe this movie is 10 out of 10 bad. The acting is really terrible listen i love the piper but that man is not an actor and apparently neither is anyone else in this the frog creature effects kind of secretly like good but Mm -hmm. at the same time just fucking ridiculous and speaking of ridiculous the premise of this movie i don't know who fucking greenlit this that's what i love about the fucking 80s people would just make anything hey we have an idea for moving a guy to fuck a bunch of women to save the world do it let's go (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. But the premise is absurd. Uh, Yeah, man. I think this is like just, it's a B movie. This is not, this was not, this was released in theaters. I don't know what theaters were showing it. I don't know who went to see it, but I don't want to meet them. Either way. (laughs) I do. 10 bad for me. What do you think? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, Your points are very valid. Um, The, the parts that make this a bad movie are definitely the acting there i don't think that there is a single character that is portrayed in a extremely effective way all of the deliveries suck the lines suck there's just so much going against it the things that made it enjoyable would have been the sound and music i thought they were well done the pacing was well done and the even though poorly acted, the relationship between Spangler and Piper was one that I thought worked well. They kind of had chemistry. They really did, and it was weird. I, I didn't think that they should, but I thought that that worked out pretty well in the movie. I would have loved to have seen slightly more of the eroticism that I thought was appropriate for the <laughs> plot of the film. Sorry, is this leading to your enjoyable rating? Yeah, yeah okay, we're moving into our enjoyable sure. I already gave you my 10. We're moving towards my enjoyable rating right now. Um, as I talk about some of these things, I laughed a lot. I really did. I thought it was pretty hilarious. I'm not sure that that was intentional, but uh, <laughs> on the movie makers, but I did laugh. I, I don't know, man. You make a movie with a guy who has to fuck a bunch of women to save the planet while it, fighting a bunch of mutant frogs. Be, yeah. I'm assuming they weren't taking that too seriously. No, you're right. It's got to be pretty funny. Um, I think the enjoyable for this is an eight. Okay. I did enjoy it. Um, I recommend if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth watching because of um, how absurd it is, both in its plot and the way that it's executed. But uh, so it's going to end up as a solid 18 for me. That's a pretty high score. You know what? This is going to be one of those weeks where we have the exact same score. (laughs) I I was vacillating between a seven or an eight. And as we talked about it in this episode, it kind of bumped me up to an eight because it was very enjoyable. I had a good time watching it. I had a good time talking about it. I am just so enamored with the fact that somebody made this. The fact that like someone brought this script yeah. to a production company and the production company was like, you know what? Let's do it. Whoever funded this, good on you. Yeah, I don't yeah, know how this got you. the green light, yeah, but I'm so you. glad they did it. Like you said, it's a very enjoyable time. 86 minutes doesn't quite make it to 90. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. But they're lean, man. They're in and out quick. And yeah, I like okay. that. Like I said, it flew by. So uh, yeah, for me, it's an eight. And I hate to say it because it makes me sound bad, but I think that one of the reasons it's not a 10 for me is that there was not enough nudity. (laughs) I really expected, if you tell me there's a movie where a guy has to f*** his way across the country to save the world, I expect more f***ing. 
Like yeah. that. I feel I he feel literally like had sex with one anything. person, yeah. and there was only one boob shown in the entire. Well, two. Game. I don't know if we even got to see. Both. We definitely saw. Oh, both. We? Okay, so I mean, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so we saw we saw two boobs in the entire movie uh, about a man trying to have sex to bring back the population, and I think that yeah, that is a bit of a letdown, but it is definitely worth watching. It's fun. It's ridiculous. Uh, it stars Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Like, what are you gonna say? So. <laughs> Yeah, and 18 is not nothing. Like that, you know, that puts it right in line with Spookies and some other movies you rented. Oh. I think I had Commando as an 18. Yeah. Like it's good stuff. For sure. Definitely worth a watch. Um, definitely an enjoyable movie to have on the podcast. So I, I'm happy that we watched it. Now, tell me this. Yeah. Was this beer definitely worth drinking, in your opinion? Yes. Um, Ooh. I, I enjoyed it. The extra hell from Sonnen. Um, it was done really quickly. I crushed this lot. Well, it's a regular it was, size can. It's not a tall can. Yeah. And so 4% um, easy drinking definitely lived up to that name. It definitely had uh, a very sort of traditional bitter flavor to it. Um, but I thought that the sort of fresh notes and how carbonated it was made that really palatable at the end. It felt like it finished really, really nice. So I found it kind of smoky. Ooh. Now, to be clear, I still enjoyed it very much. Way more way, way more than the beers you've had for the last couple of weeks. But I found it to be, there was a little bit something to it there where it was, maybe it was the bitterness that you mentioned, but it's it's a little bit more than an ordinary lager. And I didn't mind that. I feel like that was the grains they used. I'm not sure. It doesn't say or doesn't list what grains they used to make this, but it felt almost wheat beery upon the first hit in your mouth, right? It had a, a really bitter sort of forward taste and then it finished incredibly smooth. And I thought that was what made it a very um, enjoyable beer. So I'm interested to try other uh, Sun and Hill beers for sure. And if you haven't had it, try the Extra Hell. Yeah, Caledon, Ontario. Um, a lot of breweries popping up there, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. It does seem like that's an area where there's a lot of growth in Ontario craft beer. So I'm, I am I, would love to take a road trip out there. Maybe we can try to get that going sometime. I mean, soon. it's not that far away from where we are, so you never know. We yeah, can get into would, it. In the meantime, uh, yeah, Sun and Hill, good stuff. Extra Hell. Yeah. I don't know if that's still available Comes or not, to but hey, Town. there you go. Fun week for us this week. I enjoyed this. Next week, hopefully as fun. We'll see. It's going to be a comedy next week starring Dolly Parton and Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> it's a real thing. Excuse me? Yes, that's right. Next week, we are going to be watching a little movie called Rhinestone. <laughs> so is Sylvester Stallone going to become a cowboy? Oh, not that, my man. He's going to become a country western singer. Apparently, the plot of this movie is Dolly Parton tries to turn New York cab driver Sylvester Stallone into a country music star. There's going to be singing. There's going to be music. There's going to be fucking Dolly Parton and Sylvester Stallone. And God damn it, I've never seen this movie, but I am so excited. <laughs> wow. Holy shit. We've already watched one movie where a person turns into a cowboy. Our Neil Diamond episode... Uh, as he sadly... Oh, my to, God. Yeah. I can only hope it's as good as that. Yeah. <laughs> I hope Sylvester Stallone is a better cowboy than Neil Diamond. That's all I'm going to say. I just hope he doesn't appear in blackface like Neil Diamond oh, did. Because that was the tough yeah. uh, few I mean, minutes there. He definitely won't, I hope. Well, that'll be next week. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. If you have not already, please follow us on social media at the BMB Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to send any suggestions for beer and or movies, uh, feel free to sign in the DMs of our social media or send us an email at thebmbpodcast at gmail.com. And we hope you will join us next week for Rhinestone. Until then, I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And we'll see you next week on Bad Movies and Beer. Keep it froggy. 
A new breed of enemy has taken over the world. Sam Hell has come to take it back. <laughs>